The advice and opinions expressed by the host of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. The Center for Autism and Related Disorders advises working with a board-certified behavior analyst who has experience with autism before starting any intensive behavioral intervention. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. I think that's yes. us. I think that's the opening to the show. I know. I think we just did the, the one opening, but okay. uh, I don't know. Maybe we're going back to it now. I don't know, Craven. <laughs> Are we going to do the opening for Let's Talk uh, Autism? Uh, it might be stuck. All right. So let's just go to us. Good morning. Okay. Hi, <laughs> Shannon. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy. I'm Shannon. And I'm Nancy. And we're, we're already off to the races. It's like, is it Friday the 13th? It feels like it. Uh, it's a crazy morning. But we're here, and that's the important thing. And we're going to be here with you for, uh, for the next hour live, Nancy and I together. And I'm so excited to be here with my good friend, Nancy Allspot Jackson. So, How are you doing, Nancy? I'm doing good. It's good to be here with you, Shannon. It's good to be here with you, too. I got to admit that... Um, you know, we I, we always like to start the show by having a little moment of honesty. I like to think of it as, and and I and I want to put it out there. And and I think you know we have a topic to talk with Vince later on, but I also want to put this out there. I have been struggling with some anger, and you know I and in my morning meditation this morning, I had to ask myself, okay, because last night I was saying to my husband, why am I so angry all the time? And I don't know if anybody else can relate to this, but I realized this morning, you know, I talk about this all the time when I speak is that, you know, anger is the easy emotion and that there are a whole bunch of emotions that at least I, and I know other people have said that they feel this way too, that when I'm feeling grief, when I'm feeling fear, when I'm feeling out of control, when I'm fear, feeling shame or, you know, any one of those emotions I, they're too hot for me. I can't stay in them for very long. And so what I do is I just move over to the easy emotion, which is anger. Uh -huh. And I, and I find myself angry a lot, but that I'm reminding myself this morning that I can dig a little bit deeper and go that, you know, it's fear and grief uh -huh. and a feeling of not, you know, I want to control everything. I am a control right. freak. That's, that's where my OC stems from. Really? Do you feel that way too? Yeah. Definitely. Um, and when I can't control the big things in life, I get angry because mm -hmm. I can't sit in the fear and the grief of that. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, I'm just putting that out there. That's how I am this morning. Angry, but acknowledging that it's more than anger. How are you, Nancy? I'm okay. I'm feeling, I've been feeling a little overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. um, that's my go-to is feeling overwhelmed as opposed to sad or angry or depressed, I tend to just let it all pile up and, and then feel overwhelmed by things that I don't want to deal with things. 
And I feel like this time of year is kind of power packed for a lot of people just in a, in a, any year, um, uh -huh. you know, because we get into the holidays and the holidays bring up memories and look, you don't get to be our age and, and not have some good memories of things and people that aren't here anymore. Right. 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 Um, and so I think that that plays on it a little bit, but I think it's extra with everything that's going on right now. I think it's just extra and that we're all a little bit worn to the bone and, and, you know, you're feeling over, you know, your go-to is that you're feeling overwhelmed. And my go-to is that I'm just angry. I don't think anybody, it's so good that I'm doing social isolation right now. Cause I don't think anybody wants to be around me because I'm <laughs> such an angry gut. Um, I, I just think people are over me right now. So, um, putting is, your it out anger there, directed, is your anger directed at anything specific? Or oh my it gosh. It's broad spectrum, Nancy. It's okay. broad spectrum. And I mean, some of it we're going to talk about in our first news story. Like I was so mad yesterday that I was like, you know, literally thinking of, of driving, to where this place is uh, that this occurred to North to Carolina is kind of far to drive to Shannon. Yeah, I know. That uh, is a long drive. Yes. So uh, let's get right into it, shall yeah. we? Let's start with right the let's start story. with the worst story. So and and we're referencing uh, the particular article that we're referencing is from CNN um, about a mother of a seven year old with autism who filed a lawsuit after a resource officer handcuffed her son at school. Can you see where I'm and going with the him, anger here? And, and pinned him to the ground, a seven-year-old. Yeah, and a lot of times now, um, stories will post a link to the body cam footage. And I, you know, I'm somebody who should not watch the body cam footage because, you know, I don't handle it well and I didn't handle it well. And I want to caution people, you know, that you don't need to see it uh, unless you need to see it. But um, man, am I mad, man, am I mad. And I want this mom to know that I stand with her on this and I have a lot to say about it, but let's hit some particulars. You know, that I, I tend not to want to say names, uh, especially of the, the younger person that, that is involved in this. And I'm not going to say the name of the officer because I don't, I don't want to get into like vindictiveness against one person, mm -hmm. although I'm pretty upset with this officer. This is from, um, it's in North Carolina, uh, the, the, the city of Statesville. And um, it was a Statesville police officer who was serving as a school resource officer at the Presley Alternative School, let's say the, the names of those places. And the boy was, uh, was enrolled in a day program there, has right. a, a, a diagnosis of autism spectrum disorder. Uh -huh. and, um, and he was um, enrolled in this school uh, because they are affiliated with a nonprofit behavioral and mental health provider, okay? Um, and then I don't know exactly what happened before, and I want to acknowledge that. And I don't think Nancy knows exactly what happened before, but what we're told is that the boy was spitting. Yeah. 
And I, and I just want to pause there for a second and say that this was in 2018. This wasn't even in COVID. So in 2018, this boy was spitting. And, you know, I don't know what led up to the fact that they called in this uh, resource officer who's supposed to apparently keep the peace and keep behavior well. But this guy, who is no longer on the police force, uh, according to uh, local reporters, he quit. Gosh, you think? Right before he was going to get fired and sent to jail. Um, this happened on September 11th, 2018. Okay. So did you happen to see the video, Nancy, or did you spare yourself? I did not look at the video. Well, good for you, but um, it doesn't show what led up to it. So we, we have to keep reiterating right. that. However, I've worked in a classroom, former teacher, have dealt with, and you and I have both dealt with seven-year-olds who are on the autism spectrum, right. both of us. And, and to be fair, both of us have, have gotten injuries. Um, you know, we've been scratched. I've been bit. I think you have too. Um, you know, so we can, we understand yes. what a seven-year-old on the autism spectrum can do. There were in the video, it starts and there are two people holding him down while the officer is talking to him and talking to him in this very calm way and saying the most insidious stuff about, are you familiar with, uh, the juvenile delinquent system? Well, you're going to get familiar today, aren't you? And he said, you're going to be charged. Yes, he, also, he, also threatened, he also threatened the boy by saying, after he put him in the kneeling position with his arms pinned behind him, said, if you spit on me, I'm going to put a hood on you. Yes. Yes. You're absolutely right. He said that. I stood up and yelled at the video when that came up. I was so mad. Mm -hmm. And when they're putting the handcuffs on him, he's very calm. They're able to put the handcuffs on and then they lower him to the floor. And here's the thing. There's two people who are sort of circ one who's help holding him down to get the handcuffs on. And somebody goes and gets a pillow for him for the, and they lay him on his stomach on the pillow. And then the officer, Mr. Wonderful says, are you okay? Can you breathe? And then sits there and talks to him about, I don't know, sports and all this other stuff. But every once in a while says, well, you know, You've met the wrong person. You're not. You're not. You're not going to get away with this kind of BS in this very kind of you know I'm a nice guy sort of way. I think it's something. It's over 28 minutes that he laid there on the floor with his face on a pillow until his mother got there and lost her mind. And you see, mm -hmm. you see in the video because it's all edited, but you see that she's like. You know, and they uncuff him and she immediately picks him up and he, you know, is attached to her and they sit there and she's holding him. And I think every mother can relate to that, that pose. And I yeah. will tell you that the boy laid there calmly for over 20 minutes and, and, and the police officer kept touching him. At one point, the police officer wiped tears off of his face and finally, and he kept like, like taking his arms and touching his arms. And finally the boy starts to cry and says, get away from me. Stop touching me. And he's mm. sobbing. He's sobbing. 
And I like that police officer deserves to never be in law, law enforcement again. But I'll tell you who I'm mad at. And I'm so glad that this mom is suing the school because whoever those two people were who stood there and said nothing and didn't call the police on that man, you know, I, they, the, the mom, he has not been able to go back to school. The mom has had to leave her job to homeschool him. I hope she takes that school to the cleaners because I'll tell you what makes me so mad. And this is where my anger, like, woo, is that I know it's hard. I've worked in school districts before. And I know when you are a person that's there and somebody's doing something, I know it's hard to speak up. But we are charged. If you are working in a school, then you are someone who is known as a court reporter. You are legally responsible to stand up for your kids and to report when someone is doing something that is hurtful to them. And that includes the people you work with. That is a legal bond. And if you don't do it, you are legal, you are personally legally responsible and the school that hires you is legally responsible. So I am thrilled that this parent is suing and that she's not just suing the police department, not just suing that police officer, she's suing the school and she should be. And that's why I said last night, I was like, I wanna drive there and testify for her because the two people who stood by should feel very badly. And, and we want to send a message to people that we don't stand by when people are treating our children horribly. We cannot afford to stand by. And I was really, I was really shocked that this school, which is a, basically a special needs school. Well, they are affiliated with a program. So they should know affiliated. better. They should know better. Yeah, they should know better. That's what I was shocked about. And you know what, Nancy? Maybe they did know better. And that this police officer was just one of those power-hungry people who was like, I've got a seven-year-old boy. I think I'll teach him a lesson. Right. Um, but the people who were standing there should have said, what are you doing? And, you know, maybe if they were like, okay, he's going to handcuff him for a minute. But when he was saying, I'm going to put a hood on you. When, mm -hmm. when he left him there, the, whoever went and put the pillow under his face knew it wasn't right. And they stood there and at, like, we have to teach the public, you have to pick up your phone and call for backup. And, and we have to speak up and say, why are you doing this? He was just spitting. And then we need to get people in those classrooms to teach them, what do you do when a child is spitting? And and okay, you know, you hired this resource person, but he's not trained to know what that what you do when a child is spitting. The whole thing makes me so mad I could spit. Uh, it's just absolutely. But I think the thing that upset me more than anything else was the people who stood by. Yeah. Because yeah. we're always going to have people who are ignorant and stupid and abusive in our lives. But you, what is the saying? about, you know, it's, it's not one evil person. It's the 10 people who stand by. Yeah. That don't do anything. That's, That's the thing. Yeah. And we've all got to, we've all got to steal ourselves. And I know it's hard. It's very hard, but we have to steal ourselves to stand up to this kind of behavior, whether it's in the workplace or on the street corner when you see something, you have to be willing to stand up. And yes, I know what I'm asking people to do because sometimes you end up losing your job over it. I'm well aware of that. But you know what? Those people have to be sick to their stomach that they stood there. Uh, they know it's wrong. 
they know it's wrong. We know it's wrong. And, and I'm glad that that mom knows it's wrong. And I'm glad that she's suing. And I hope she takes them to the cleaners. Horrible. Horrible, horrible, horrible. All right. Some better stories. Let's, well, to some extent. Somewhat better. I'm, hold yeah. on, I'm looking up the stories on my phone right here. Okay. So let me um, just start with saying um, this story is coming to us from Spectrum News, a, a respected outlet that we love. Uh, and their article on eyeing the connection between autism and vision. And I was really interested in this because I don't think I've ever really, I've, I've noticed more and more that people are reporting that their kids with autism, I know my son went to a developmental ophthalmologist and we uncovered an eye issue. And that helped, once, mm -hmm. we, once we identified that, it helped him with a whole lot of things. Um, but they're saying that they're seeing overwhelmingly that there are connections between sight and issues with sight, in particular, blindness. Nancy, did you? Right. It, I, it, it, your this was a shocking number. Yeah, I I was really shocked at the number they quoted here. Autism at least is at least 10 times as common among blind people as it is among the general population. That's a huge number. It is a huge number. And, you know, it made me stop and think. And I was like, well, gosh, I do know a lot of members of the autism community that are blind. Um, and I never really put it together about statistically. But there was one thing in this article that I went, okay, this is something interesting. That in 1956, uh, you know, if you think about this, this is the dark ages of autism. In 1956, they did a study of 60 children with retinopathy of prematurity, a condition in which light capturing tissue at the back of the eye does not develop properly. 60 children. Five of those children turned out to be on the spectrum. And if you think about that at that time, there was only one in 1,000 children that got an autism diagnosis, um, that, that five out of 60 of those children had this, uh, out of 60 children that had this uh, very rare thing, the retinopathy of uh, prematurity, five of them uh, ended up being on the autism spectrum. So, um, and it goes on to say that there have been many more studies in many countries about the prevalence of people who are blind being on the autism spectrum. I just had no idea about this. Um, and the fact that it's not something that's new, that, that they first were recognizing this in 1956 kind of blew my mind, Nancy. What about you? Yeah, it, it blows my mind as well. And they're saying there's a the variety of explanations about this correlation between uh, lack of eyesight and autism, that a lack of visual input may disrupt some aspects of social development mm -hmm. and lead to autism traits. Yes. Uh, yes. Which is a very interesting way of looking at it. Right. And, you know, I'm always interested in what's the takeaway and the takeaway for me, it just reminded me that here on the show that we need to, we've had, um, people who specialize in eye issues on the show before. And it reminded me that we need to get them back here and that we need to put out the call to everybody that have your child's vision checked and that it's mm -hmm. not enough to just go to like, you know, the, 
the eye place that happens to be in the mall that you're in that, you know, you might want to have your child looked at by somebody who's a little bit of an expert. It's rough because a lot of those developmental PD, uh, not pediatricians, developmental ophthalmologists suggest that, you know, it's easier for your eyes to be checked for different issues when the child is like six or seven right? Because, you know, it's, it's hard to check their eyes otherwise, because they're asking them to check in on things. And when even for kiddos on the spectrum that are non-vocal, you know, it can be hard even at that age. But it, it, I, it makes me want to work closer with developmental ophthalmologists to see if we can't have fine ways of having earlier testing. I'm going to be looking mm -hmm for doctors who know more about this. There's a wonderful doctor in Scotland who we've had on the show before. Joanne Lara actually turned me on to him. And he does a lot of uh, visual things with, um, he talks about the fact that people who are on the autism spectrum sometimes uh, it's not just that they're not interested in features. Like we've talked before on the show of the studies about, well, you know, kids on the autism spectrum don't orient to people's eyes and that they're not as interested in people's facial features. But he said sometimes they're, they're not seeing them, that it's like a form of dyslexia, that the facial features are skewed, that it almost looks like a Picasso painting to them, which is huh. fascinating to me. And he yeah, he does some very interesting studies. You know how, because um, I used to work uh, in, in the classroom with kids with dyslexia, and there are, they discovered that there are sheets of plastic that are different colors, that if you put a sheet of plastic over text for some kiddos with dyslexia, they're able to read it because they're seeing uh -huh. it through the blue plastic. For other kids, it's a sheet of like a more of a rose colored uh, plastic, and then the words don't jump around just by putting a color over it. And this doctor has discovered that by putting those glasses on kiddos, that it they stop toe walking. And yeah. that, you know, he, there's one video that he showed me of a teenage girl, and he said, okay, I'm going to put my hands up. And this was something that the developmental ophthalmologist had done with my son. Um, but he said, okay, I'm going to put my hands up. Can you, and in front of you, can you see both of my hands? And she says, yes. And he says, I'm going to be moving my hands outward. Tell me when you can't see my hands anymore. And he only got about this far. And she said, I can't see your hands anymore. And he said, you can't see my hands right now. You can see them now, but you can't see them now. And she said, yes. And he sticks the rose colored glasses on her, literal rose colored glasses and he says, okay, can you see my hands now? Yes. 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 And it's like it instantly gave her peripheral vision, which, you know, if your field of vision is here, think of all the social things you're missing. Right. You're missing. So fascinating stuff. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, then our next story is uh, from another trusted uh, resource, Medical Express. And I have a feeling that in a couple of weeks, this might be included in something that our research person, Leah Hirschfeld, might be coming and talking to us. But I couldn't wait to just bring it up because it was brand new yesterday. Right. Uh, this is something that I've heard discussed before, but this is yeah. a, a, a actual evidence found of a link between gut microbe deficiency and autism spectrum disorder. 
Yes. And, and in fact, CARD was doing a study that was similar to this study. And I want to make sure that we let Dr. Dixon see this. So um, this is a study that just came out. Uh, it's affiliated with a host of institutions in China, uh, finding this gut microbe deficiency in children. And basically, they started with a small study and they looked at the microbes in the poo you heard me before talk about the card poop study, right? Very similar to this. So 39 children that were diagnosed with ASD, 40 children that did not have the disorder, so that they're the control group, right? And they looked at the poop in both of them. And they were careful with who the 40 children that they picked that didn't have uh, the diagnosis because... Uh, they wanted to make sure that they were the same age, that all the other things would be equal and even, like they lived in the same part of the world, that they had the same sort of diet so that we couldn't explain away any difference in their gut microbiome by something like, well, they live in the Netherlands and they live in China and their diet is probably different. So I, I thought that that was uh, great. Now in the CARD study, they were taking a look at CARD clients' uh, poo and they were looking at their siblings' poo, and they were looking at other children from the area that didn't have uh, a diagnosis and didn't have a sibling on the spectrum. Um, so in any case, they, uh, they looked at 18 different uh, species that were linked to, uh, of microbial, microbial, excuse me, species that have been previously linked with ASD. And they saw that there were marked differences between, same thing that CARD found. That right. you, could, you could pick out, like there were clusters and it was like, here was the cluster of microbes and it was all the kids with autism. And here were the clusters of, of microbes and it was all the kids who did not have autism. The key um, here to me, the, the sentence here that uh, jumped out to me, Shannon, was the team found difference in the ratios of detoxifying enzymes yeah. in the yeah. children with ASD compared to those who did not have it. So yeah. it gets back to that detoxification mystery. And, and this, because CARD, I don't think was looking at this. Um, so this was what was different for me about it. And the thing, and I want to find the sentence in here, um, but they're saying, you, you know, we've all known for a long time that our kids, for whatever reason, their bodies don't have the ability to take out the trash right. like other people do. So, you know, if they get exposed to something, it's going to have a bigger effect on their body because their body can't cleanse it. Right. And, and I, you know, Jem has skin issues and he's had them since birth. It's just you know, quiet. Right. And, and Temple Grandin was the first person that like said something about this publicly. She said, you know, I travel everywhere. I'm in airports and I'm here and I'm there. And people come up to me and say, oh, you know, Dr. Grandin, we love and admire you. And that she was sort of doing this informal study for years that she would say, they would say, we have a child on the spectrum. And she would say, how, how interesting, how are they doing? What are the, hey, do they have skin issues? Mm -hmm. and, and they would go, yes. And she would go, let me ask you something. Do you have skin issues? Do either of the parents have skin issues? And she was finding that everybody was saying yes, yes, and yes. And that she was like, there's something here. Somebody needs to be looking at it. 
And our um, pediatrician told us early on, they were like, you know, your, this is your child saying my immune system is struggling to catch up. Hmm. When he was a baby, well before autism diagnosis and, and said, you know, this is, this is whenever you're having skin issues, it's your, the skin is your largest organ. And, and when stuff shows up on the skin, it's saying other parts of your body are struggling because the skin isn't quite handling it well. So I just thought that there was a part in this, and let me see if I can find the sentence that was really uh, made me jump out. Um, the researchers acknowledge that more work is required, but also suggest that it might be possible to create a therapy that assists in the detoxification mm-hmm. process, thereby heading off the onset of ASD, or better yet, to overcome the elements that lead to detoxification problems in the first place. So if, With, they, found, if they found children were not, infants were not detoxified, um, they could head off the onset of the ASD symptoms, possibly. And, you know, in a beginning study, that's a pretty bold statement. Yeah. Um, so I thought that that was pretty interesting. And I know, um, you know, the CARD research, they were looking at it in a very specific way and seeing that there was a difference in the clostridium. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to get somebody to explain to us what that okay. means. But, but, you know, the fact that you can look at somebody's poop and see clearly who the kids are with autism, we're getting there. We're getting there. And it's not just one study that's finding that, it's multiple studies. And I think when everybody gets together, uh, they're going to have some really good answers for us. And I'm encouraged by that. So yeah. that's wonderful. Now, I believe that we have uh, Mr. Redmond with us. Oh, good. Uh, and I'm, let's pause for one second because I've been looking at the, well, we've got Vince. There he is. Fabulous. I just want to address, hi, Vince. Uh, Vince Redmond, licensed marriage family therapist. Vince, we're just going to address because some people have written in. I'm saying hi to Amanda and to Arl and to Sarah, and to moon, Moons of Roses. What a lovely, lovely uh, name for Facebook. And saying hi to Michelle. Um, uh, we're so great to have you here. And uh, we're saying hi to Diana and to Nature Love. Uh, yes. And they've got a question, and maybe we can have yes. Vince help us to answer that question in just a second here. But Vince is, and hi to Maria. So thrilled that you guys are here with us. So Vince is a licensed marriage and family therapist, but Vince is extra. He's like a unicorn because not only is he a licensed marriage and family therapist, but he has worked extensively in the field of autism and even came into the field of autism as a behavioral technician. So he gets it on a level that we need more people to get it. We're thrilled that he is here, Vince. We love you so much. And I'm so glad you're here with us on this Friday morning. Thank you. Thank you. How are you ladies? We're good. It's good to have you here. Well, and, and, you know, Nancy's being politically correct, but I'm going to share with Vince that, that when we started the show, Nancy and I always sort of take our temperature. And I said, I'm struggling with anger issues, Vince. And I'm struggling with anger issues. And I was thinking about it this morning and it's just anger masking 
all of the fear and grief and lock, last, uh, loss and lack of control that I'm feeling. And Nancy, do you want to share what you said you were feeling? Yeah, I I tend to go to the overwhelmed part of the of emotions. I get overwhelmed when I feel like I don't have a handle on things and I can't control things. Um, so that's it's all that control issue. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where we are, Vince. And we wanted to be honest with you and with our, our viewers. But we asked you, Vince, to come and talk with us today. Our, our, our overriding theme for the week this week on Autism Live was managing stress. And I heard a lot of people say this week that they're, you know, everybody's over uh, our current circumstances and that there's a certain amount of critical mass that we've reached being shut up with the same group of people. And, and people are shut up in different ways and different amounts. Uh, some people are going out into the world. Some people are taking the isolation really seriously. But I, I wanted to talk a little bit about even no matter how you're doing it, you're still a little bit more isolated or a lot more isolated than you used to be. And I was wondering if we could get some advice from you about like, how do we manage that when, when you just like need to find your corner and, and you haven't had any time away. I, I love being home. Being home doesn't bother me at all. But I also need a certain amount of free time. And I said to my husband the other day, you know, I've never spent so much time with my husband and I love him more than I ever did. And I found out I really like him. But every once in a while, I got to have alone time, too. And it's really hard in this uh, COVID thing to, you know, find that time. What do you what do you got for us? So let's back up to the beginning, right? Everything that you both you guys were experiencing and that you were reporting is mirroring probably what 90% of everybody that you know that is watching is feeling, right? We have a sense of a sense of loss of control, right? We don't we can't go to out to where we want to go. We don't get to see who we want to see. We're not able to celebrate the way we want to celebrate. And as far as I know it, everybody in California just had all of their holidays canceled. Right. So, you know, the way it is, is, you know, we're we're living in an environment right now that is completely different than what we, you know, what we're used to. So, however, is that a loss of control? To, to some extent, it's a loss of opportunity. It's a, a, a loss of uh, rituals, routines and celebrations that we're used to. But we look within ourselves, we look within our environment, we look within uh, our our. Uh, I guess, you know, uh, families that, that we're around, what are the things that we control? What are the things that we can experience? What are the things that we can do differently? And what are the things that we can change for the positive, right? I think a lot of things have been forced upon us to change, right? I mean, it would slam the door on uh, you know, uh, March 16th and that's it. You don't can't go outside. Um, and, but then as things have evolved, we now in, in a, and I hate using this, but I'll use it anyway because it's 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 a very common term now. Um, using our new normal, right? We have our new normal, and that includes masks and you know uh, uh, temperature checks and limited uh, lines and reservations at Target and you know that kind of thing. You know, I think that's the next thing right now that they're talking Target, Walmart, Best Buy, having reservations for the holidays rather than letting people just go, you know, willy nilly. Um, so 
with all that being said, we have all of these controls or all of these changes that are happening at the same time. If we remember human beings as, as a being, we do not do well with change. We are habitual routine creatures and we fall into these routines because they give us comfort, they give us security and it gives us predictability. When that changes, we get very anxious when we're not able to have direction with it, which let's be honest, we haven't had a whole lot of direction. It seems to change week to week. That creates anxiety because there's no predictability. And then we, we lose our sense of autonomy because we're being limited on our freedoms and the things that we, that we used to have. So that's creating all this anxiety. This is creating all this, this change because again, by nature, we do not do well with change and even positive change if you really think about it we don't do well with positive change either we can go from let's say a one-bedroom apartment to a four-bedroom house and somewhere along that line we will try to convince ourselves to stay in the apartment hmm. because that's just human nature it's human nature. Is that just... uh -huh. yeah okay so that's what we're experiencing now we're experiencing that pullback of I wanted the way it was because that's where my comfort is. That's where my security is. That's where my predictability is. However, that's not going to happen, right? That's at least not for anywhere in our near future. So we adapt. We, in, as we all know, humans are extremely adaptable and we will adapt. But now it comes with our choices. Now we choose to try to resist or we try to, um, you know, to adapt. And that's where every family, and like you were saying, Jan, everyone has different dynamics that are extremely important, extremely valuable, extremely uh, uh, truthful, right? With, with you know, uh, medical fragility to, you know, a size of family, location of family, and, and the such, right? So we have to look at establishing new routines, establishing new traditions, establishing new celebrations, right? Not just not doing them and i think that's we kind of did that it, it maybe i'm wrong but i think we all kind of did that for the you know what we're on seven months now for the first three months i know i had my 50th birthday and did nothing it's supposed to be a monumental birthday i had dinner i took a drive in my car that, that was really it right we didn't do anything because we thought this was temporary we thought this was going to be over soon but now that we know this is elongated it's going to be a long time we have to establish these new routines. Coming into the holidays, I think it's important that we celebrate. I think it's important that we we create those, those celebrations, either it be religious or it be through family or it be through, you know, uh, 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 you know, new new routines, new traditions, while keeping some of our old traditions, right? Keeping close to family that are safe, doing the same celebrations, you know, through through the religious holidays, through Thanksgiving. Um, even coming up with Halloween, right? We all know that at least here in California, uh, Halloween and trick or treating have been have been highly discouraged and told that you know that they're not allowed. Okay, yeah. doesn't mean we can't dress up. Doesn't mean we can't have you know little celebrations with with a limited amount of family members, maybe a friend or two, if you feel that they're safe, right, and they're able to come to your home, right? Create a celebration don't dis discard it completely same for the holiday or for thanksgiving same for christmas same for hanukkah same for all of our traditions in, in new coming holidays that are going to be 2020 
this is the start of them, right? So if we build those routines, we build those celebrations, we start to create enjoyment again. We start to create things that we look forward to again. We start to create things that bring our family joy. And as we all know as parents, if our family's happy, that we're happy, yeah. right? But it's different. So that's what makes it really hard. And I think that's where our anxiety kind of waver up and down. Mm-hmm. And you're I, finding, are you finding across the board that parents are feeling this anxiety? Um, this is really widespread and common. Yes. Yes. Okay. So everyone who's feeling it, know you're in good company because we're all feeling it. We're all there. And I think to, to varying levels, everyone is experiencing this because as I had mentioned, this isn't a, a, a female thing, a male thing, a Nancy thing, a Shannon thing, a Vince thing. This is human beings. We just, we are habitual, habitual routine creatures. And so we struggle with change, even though it is either forced upon us, something that we have no control over, like a pandemic, or it's something that might actually be uh, uh, something that evolves us, something that creates new ideas and new situations. And going back to Shannon's comment, right? Finding new levels of relationship with our loved ones, mm-hmm. finding things that, you know, hey, I actually really like my husband. <laughs> I actually really like my wife. You know, my kids are good kids. You know, those type, it doesn't hurt, you know, to figure those things out because it forces us out of our our ruts. It forces us out of our routines. And so we're actually experiencing more family nights, more traditional dinners, more game nights, more actual conversations about what people are doing in their lives. How was your day? I haven't had as much conversation about my day ever. It's now to the point, well, well, nothing's changed. (laughs) same as yesterday you know i kind of feel bad because i run out of things to talk about um but that's good right that's obviously a good problem to have because that means as a family more people are talking more people are sharing more people are communicating rather than mom going to this room dad to this room kids to this room and we kind of do our own thing now to touch on when when you use that term new normal one of the issues that my son Wyatt has been struggling with is thinking this is going to be over soon. Like, okay, in November, we're going to go back to being normal. And he keeps saying, are we going to go back to being normal in this month or this month? And it's very hard for me to explain to him, this could go on for a really long time. Right. And, And I guess some of it is what the definition of normal is. What is you want to identify, for Wyatt's sake, you know, identify what is he missing? What are we missing? What are our kids missing? What, what is the, what was changed in in their routine that they're missing? And then see if we can find a replacement for it. Okay. Right? And put our heads together and find what is the replacement for what's missing? Because normal, obviously, is you know, there is no normal. There's just life, right? That's the the old adage is what do we, what is he missing? What does he want? What does he feel restricted with? And it could be access to friends, access to school, access to, you know, outdoor sports, some creativity, you know, some, some, you know, I know why it's extremely creative. So, you know, maybe it's, you know, uh, painting classes or being around other people that are creative. So we have to find ways to replace that and give some type of, of, uh, equitable replacement. So we, I understand everything's virtual now, but maybe it's a virtual class or maybe it's 
a limited number of people that you feel safe that they're able to get together outside and maybe paint or draw or again i'm just using that as an example but for whatever it is that we're missing right i know for me i could just speak for me my new normal and the thing that i'm missing the most is sports i haven't played soccer and i haven't refed soccer since march right and i was telling my wife last night i was just like i miss you you know i turned into a little five-year-old because i we were talking about something and it just kind of came up and it hit me like a brick like i severely miss being out there being with you know my friends these are people that i've you know i've been with for a long time i miss them i miss the camaraderie as well as i miss having you know that fun every weekend so what do we do we have to adapt we have to find ways to find other fun find ways to connect in other ways now, one of the things that you guys had mentioned early on was our finding our independence, finding the time that we need by ourselves, right? And the way I always view this is I always view our lives in three buckets, right? We have an individual bucket, we have a couple bucket if we're married, and we have a family bucket, right? All of them need to be tended to, all of them need to be addressed. So if we put everything in family and we do everything for family and we're doing you know the virtual school and we're doing all the chores and we're you know, making sure everyone's happy and we're running around left and right and we forget over here ourselves it all starts to fall apart right it's unbalanced if you put these all on a teeter-totter it's i would say it's worse than that vince as you were saying that i was like oh my buckets are messed up because i have the work bucket I have the mom bucket and I have the family bucket. There is no individual bucket and there's no couple bucket. I'm in trouble. Yeah. So we got to find those buckets, right? We can go to the garage. Find are they in storage? Where are they? Are they in, somewhere in the garage, up in the rafters. We're going to have to go find some buckets. Yeah. Because, okay. because to, to address it directly, we have to tend to ourselves, right? So if you need time to yourself, which we all do, we find time for that. Sometimes it might just be, in, you know, if we have younger kids, it's while they're in virtual school. Even though we're still there, find time to read your favorite blogs or your paper or, you know, read a chapter of your book. Find time to have that cup of coffee and sit out on the swing while your child engaged in treatment, right? Find those pockets of time. It might not be the amount that you would prefer and it might not be the way that you used to do it. But as we were talking about, Finding new ways to find that is important and take advantage of it. 15 minutes by yourself is much more healthy and is better for you than not doing that at all, right? So if we just do chore after chore after chore, expectation after expectation, back to back, and we don't find those 15 minutes, those, those nuggets of time, we have to find those, right? You know, like Amanda just had written, you know, find time to watch your favorite show. Absolutely. And the good thing nowadays is it doesn't have to be to total show, right? Yeah. If, if you have an, one of your favorite shows is an hour and you get 15 minutes bank, you know, here and 15 minutes there, that's okay. Take advantage of that because then you look forward to watching the next part. We're looking forward to watching the next episode. That gives us joy. It's you know, anticipatory joy. We look forward to what we're going to do next. And that encourages us to then do it. But yeah. if we don't have that and we have nothing to look forward to, we don't place that that carrot or that nugget ahead of us, then we're not going to do it. 
It's really true. I, we should do a whole show on what everybody has watched in COVID because uh -huh. like we've caught up on some stuff that we, like I, I had never seen an episode of Game of Thrones. Never, not one, not ever. And uh, we watched the whole thing. Uh, as a family. And, and it was a thing. And we had a time every day that we would try to, if it worked, you know, sometimes other things interfered, but uh, we really look forward to it. And we've gone through many different series, but I, I was just saying to my husband last night, we're kind of between series right now. We haven't gotten into another one and I feel a little bereft. I, but, I, but let me, the one that I, the, the new one that I love the most, if you're at all a history buff, the great, the, have you seen that? Oh yeah. my God. And um, Matt Asner is the one who turned me on to it. The Great. It's about Catherine the Great, but it's a very, wow. but it's a very funny retelling, a modern retelling of how she rose to power. It's hysterical. Really, it's very right. timely too. Okay. Uh, it's with Elle Fanning. It's really right. good. She really, plays really Catherine. Good. She plays Catherine. Yes, and she's okay. very good. I derailed us for a second, but I want to talk shows at some point. Hey, before we run out of time, Vince, we had somebody write in a question. And since you're here, um, they said, my daughter answers and follows directions when I insist for her to do it. And I have to raise my voice. How do I get instructional control? Okay. Choices and consequences is something that we have to look into, right? What's happened is that she's been conditioned to ignore you until she hears your tone reach a certain level. And then that activates her to attend. Good news is she attends. Good news is she's compliant. So she's actually reading it. The problem is what happened is she, we've, you know, over time, she's just learned that when mom speaks in regular tone, sometimes I don't have to do it. Sometimes I do. And it, you know, kind of varies. But when mom hits this tone, nope, gotta do it. Cause if I don't, I'm gonna get in trouble, right? So what we need to do is retrain it. We need to make sure we use our word. And it's funny that I'm saying it this way, but we have to use our words. I sound like I'm, I'm a BT again. <laughs> um, and we have to add, we have to be very clear. So we ask, let's say it's clean up our room, which is one of our most traditional commands, right? So we say, okay, you need to clean up your room. And then you walk away. You come back and they're still playing they didn't clean up at this point in time you need to give them choices right it's not five more times it's not 10 more minutes it's not later down the line right at, at the second time you come in and you say okay i see that you didn't listen here's your choice you can clean up your room and then we can go to dinner and we can go to the next activity or we can continue to have fun or whatever is next on the agenda or you can choose not to clean up your room and you lose, we'll say your, your American Girl doll for the rest of the week. Or your iPad will be, all your electronics will be gone um, until Friday. So you make a choice. It's up to you. You can clean up your room and everything's good. Or you can choose to keep playing and not clean up and lose your American Girl doll. Make a good choice. You leave, you come back. Now, your choices, you, you have no decision making now at this point. The decision making is purely on the child. Mm -hmm. If they cleaned up, great. You praise them. You give them loves and kisses. Everything's great. They, the, the child now feels good because they listened. They made a good choice. They got reinforced for it. More likely, they're going to continue to do that. However, they will test at some point because they're not sure if this is going to be 100%. So if you come in and they're still playing, you say, okay. That was your choice. 
and you take the American Girl doll and you walk out the room. I now, love that. Likely, most likely, you're gonna have someone chase you. No, 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 But you stay neutral and you just say net. All you say, look them get down to their level, look them straight in the eye, and say, next time, make a better decision. This was up to you. Next time, make a better decision. You will learn from this. And then, of course, you're going to keep the doll in however long you said you were going to. Because what you're teaching them is you're teaching them that they are in control of their choices, not you. They can't blame you for something that they knew what was going to happen, and they chose it. That's up to them. They now need to they, they need to experience that. That's natural learning, right? Natural continuity. So when, however, make sure that when they do listen and they do clean up, you give them as much praise, love, kisses, high fives, tickles, everything to make sure that they know mommy and daddy are proud of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I just would add that, you know, each kid is a little bit different. For my son, we would have had to have started with an antecedent thing first saying, hey, guess what? Uh, when your room is clean, we're going to go and do that thing that you really like to do. So, but first this, then this, so that, um, then it would be, you know, he, then when he didn't do it, I would say, mm, we're not going to be able to go and do that then. Right. So that it was something new and novel that he was going to get to do as opposed to taking something that he already had away that yeah. I just, I just always found that that worked better for him. And I will also say too, yeah. that. What's scary for me as a parent is that, you know, whatever you put in place, you got to follow through on it, right? So be careful what you put in place. So if you say yeah. you lose your American doll for a week, you're going to have a week of misery. Yeah. Um, it's got to be enough for them to want to do it. But um, the one thing that we found with Jem was, and we had to be very careful so that we were following through, but in a circumstance like that, and I want to know what you think, Vince, because I don't know if this is for everybody, but for Jem, we found this. Mm -hmm. So if we had said, well, you know, you have to clean it, you know, we were going to do, we were going to watch this movie that you want to watch, but you have to clean up your room. Mm -hmm. And then he wouldn't clean up his room. And I would say, well, okay, then we're not going to be able to watch the movie. And you're right. We would get this hysterical, like, you know, ah, 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 ah. Mm -hmm. and, and I could stick to my guns, but I wouldn't put a time limit on it. So I could stick mm -hmm. to my guns and I could say, well, you still could clean your room. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, I, I understand you're feeling this way about it. And I'd be walking away. Be like, you still can clean your room. And if you did, we could still watch the movie now up to a certain point, you know, when it was bedtime. Um, but like, we always were interested in knowing what the out was for him and what the out was for us. It always had to do with compliance, but I think Nancy can speak to this too. There's nothing worse than when you put out a consequence and go, if you don't do this, then there's going to be this consequence. And then you realize, Oh crap. Now I have to carry through on that. And I'd rather die. Right. <laughs> just said we would do so we have you to have be to very careful. careful about what that consequence is right. yeah because you're stuck in it and make sure that you think about the 100 agree make sure you think about consequences before you lay them out because if we do this emotionally our kids would be in the room until they're 30. right or, you know, you do that again, you're in your standing room till 30. Well, obviously we can't do that, but that's what we say. But we're also seeding in their minds now that what we say isn't necessarily true. 
right. or it's not it's it's fluid means i can i probably can get this back sooner which is going to increase whining it's going to increase asking it's going to increase begging and a lot of other behaviors that we don't want so 100% agree i always tell families if you're at disneyland don't ever say if you do that again we're leaving because yeah. I don't know any family that can spend 500, 600, 700 dollars to go to Disneyland. The kid acts up and they're going to leave. Yeah. Right? You yeah. Can say, we're not going to go on that ride. We're not going to get cotton candy. We're not, you know, you're going to have to uh, uh, miss the, you know, the, the uh, parade or something yeah. like that. That's something that can be done. But like you said, be very conscious, very, very aware of what are the things that you can follow through with that will be effective. Yeah. Uh, I just want to say that earlier, Amanda had said, you know, I, one of the things that I do to find me time is I find time to watch my favorite show. And, and we were, and then I immediately start talking about Netflix. And she said, you guys, I was talking about this show. How sweet is that? This is her very, favorite show. Very, very sweet. Uh, we adore you and your blue and multicolored hearts. Uh, so uh, anyway, uh, we're out of time, Vince, but we adore you. And this was so helpful today. I got a, a lot out of it and I hope everybody else did too. So thank you so much for being with us. We do want to point out that um, you have a very special role at CARD, but that you also do, am I correct in saying you also do private um, work with people, LMFTs for families? Yes, yes, I am a. I do have a private practice here in Southern California. So, um, if you have any questions or any questions just about the things that we bring, you know, we bring up uh, during the show, you can always email me. Um, I don't know if you guys have the email, but it's v. Redmond, my last name, which is on there, um, at centerforautism.com. So you're more than happy to email me things um, or any questions. Um, and if there's anything else I can help you with, you can always reach out. Thank you so much, Vince. We so appreciate yeah, it. Very helpful. Great. Have a great week, ladies. Bye bye. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Uh, okay. So, uh, Nancy, we just have a minute and a half here. I wanted to take a second and We're say that what's on next week? Yeah. Um, that we, we've got we've got some big things that are coming up on the show in the month of November. Okay. Um, that next week on the show, we have our regulars, right? We have Bonnie Yates, who's going to be here on Monday. We're doing more of our Temple Grandin Marathon on Tuesday. On Wednesday, we have Dr. Grant Boucher. On Thursday, we have Elaine Hall from the Miracle Project, who's going to be joining us. And then on Friday, we're doing our very special Halloween episode. Right. You will not want to miss... Over the years, Nancy and I have done some very impressive Halloween costumes. Mm -hmm. We're hoping not to disappoint this year. Um, what was your favorite all-time of the, the costumes that we did, Nancy? What's your favorite? I think the Queens. I, queen it's funny. Favorite. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. Um, um, you did the current Queen, and I did Queen Elizabeth I. And yeah. I that was the first year we did Halloween costumes. No, we did uh, Lucy and Ethel the year before. Uh, we did Lucy and Ethel You before. were a fabulous Lucy. I was a terrible Ethel. Uh, <laughs> then we were the two queens. Then I feel like we were, um, what's her name? Uh, Martha Stewart and, and Julia Childs. And Julia Child. Yes. And then... And then I, then you were Ellen and I was Rosie Ellen O'Donnell. And you were Rosie. Ellen. 
And then Adele and Cher. Adele and Cher. And then last year we were, uh, no, two years ago we were Laurel and Hardy. Last year we didn't get to do it. Uh, but so this year we're back and, and we're going to be doing it and, um, should be interesting because we have, you know, we have locked in, I think who we're going to be and you won't want to miss this, you guys. So that is next week. And then let me just say that the week after that, uh, on, on autism live on Thursday, we're having Barry present who's going to be joining us and on the 5th of November. And he is the author of the book, Uniquely Human, you guys. We've had him on the show before when we were in locations, but we've never had him on the show show. And on that same day, on November 5th, at four o'clock in the afternoon, we're going to be hosting a town hall about conservatorship. We've got a wonderful lawyer who's going to be joining us to talk about conservatorship and what that is like for families. And Nancy, we'd love your input. Yeah, coming up. We've got our court date coming up. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, it's a thing, you know, that, and there are are things that families need to know to be prepared. So we're doing a town hall uh, and inviting people to it. That's Thursday the 5th. So, and then we've got a huge guest that we're locking down which day, um, but it's big doings. that I can't wait to be able to disclose who it is that we're having on the show in November. It's just like, I'm, I'm a flutter. So, all right, you guys, Nancy, thank you so much. We're a little thank bit you, over Shannon. time, but uh, love all of you. We'll be back on Monday until then. Give your kiddos a hug from me and yourselves a hug from me. Bye-bye. Bye-bye for now. Hey, thanks for watching Autism Live. To subscribe, click here. And if you'd like to check out some more of our videos, click here.